But what happened this year? What happened? People went mad, you know? Jada went mad and Will went mad. Everybody went mad, you know? It's quite like Jada got mad. I understand, I, you know, I'm not hating. I understand you're mad. Jada's mad, her man, Will, was not nominated for concussion. I get it, I get it. Tell the truth, I get it. I get it. You get mad, she said it's, it's not fair that Will was this good and didn't get nominated. Yeah, you're right. It's also not fair that Will was paid 20 million for Wild Wild West, okay? <laughs> I'm back. I'm Amy Schumer, or as they know me in Hollywood, Melissa McCarthy said no. We're at the Oscars. I mean, this is it. This is a dream come true. I can't even believe it. The, the only thing, the only place I could think of that could be better than this is home, right? Oh, home is the best, right? All my pills are there, but you know. Inspirational, isn't it? It's just, after years of Hollywood ignoring women's stories, this year, we finally got a movie about the incredible William sisters' dad. Will, Jada, what a beautiful couple. We're honoring a, a lot of couples here tonight, actually. Jada and Will Smith, Penelope and Javier Bardem, and Maggie and Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, it's a night for lovers. <laughs> what other movies are nominated? Don't Look Up is nominated. Yes. Yep. I guess the Academy members don't look up reviews. <laughs> Wait a minute, I loved that movie. Jennifer Lawrence was amazing in it, even though she did gain some weight this year. Um, <laughs> and I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio, what can I even say about him? It's, he's done so much to fight climate change and leave behind a cleaner, greener planet for his girlfriends. <laughs> because he's older and, and they're younger. Okay, you get it, yeah. This is such an intimidating room to be in. There's just, all my heroes are here. So many amazing filmmakers. I mean, uh, Aaron Sorkin, a genius, truly, right? I mean, the, the innovation to make a movie about Lucille Ball without even a moment that's funny, I... <laughs> not your fault, Nicole. You're great. No. But I mean, if you're Aaron Sorkin, how you make a movie about the most iconic female comedian, not one left, brilliant, it's brilliant. It's like making a biopic about Michael Jordan and just showing the bus trips between games. I wanted to say um, uh, uh, that I loved Coda, okay? My favorite movie. Thank you. This is the highest honor for a comedian. It is such a dream come true to perform for all of you tonight, so thank you for having me. My plan is to stay present as hell until I black out. And now, please welcome two Oscar winners from last year. Hello there, and welcome back 
to Spro and Lee take on the Academy. Despite saying farewell till season three in our last episode, we're back and bringing a brief breakdown of the 94th Academy Awards. I'm Lee. He's Spro. Keep our fucking names out of your mouth. Spro and I have a guest today, a renaissance man, a lover of movies and animals and animals about movies, a collector of celebrity scabs, a ring rat, an author, a poet, a podcaster, and an all-around swell gal, MC. Thanks for joining us. Hey, what's up? Did you mean to say movies about animals instead of animals about movies? No, I thought it would be silly if I said animals. Oh, all right. Well, that was a thinker. It it was. (laughs) It was for sure. But everything I learned about comedy, I owe to the Meatballs franchise. (laughs) Well, the the best installment we know, of course, Meatballs 4. Meatballs 4. I get it. And uh, yeah, that's that's classic, (laughs) classic Academy training when it comes to comedy. (laughs) What what level of credence, MC, do you give to the Academy Awards and the movies that are nominated? Do you give any shits whatsoever? So before you started recording, I asked the question, why am I here? Which I'm still not clear on. I'm certainly flattered that you would that you would think of me in this capacity. To answer your question, I was doing some reading not too long ago. As you said, I'm a big animal slash natural world empath and appreciator. And I was reading about the Amazon River and the Amazon rainforest. And I learned that, you know, there are thousands of miles of river and at many points, uh, it runs through areas that are completely untouched by humans or any type of exploration. And because of the, the, the makeup of the land, which is porous and a lot of like limestone, water drips through from the river and forms these underground ponds and lakes, you know, even smaller rivers below the Amazon River. And I learned that over thousands of years, these fish have evolved to exist without eyes, without any way to recognize what's going on around them. They exist in complete isolation from everything. And those fish give more shits about the Oscars than I do. I was like, uh, where are you going with this? Okay. All right. Um, did you, did you, (laughs) did you see any of the movies? I know you saw Don't Look Up because you and I spoke briefly about that. Uh, Uh, I know you appreciated it more than Spro and I did. Did you see any of the other ones? Licorice Pizza, West Side Story, (laughs) Power of the Dog. uh, (laughs) Those were movies? Like, (laughs) you just, that just sounded like, like the commands that they give the Winter Soldier to turn into the Winter Soldier. Like (laughs) the the brainwashing codes. No, I didn't. Are those the only ones? Are there more? There was 10. I mean, there's like a fan favorite film though. Like the, so the Oscars opened it up this year to a fan favorite voted by viewers on Twitter. And the fan favorite vote of this year went to Army of the Dead. Did you watch that on Netflix? I watched the opening credits, and that's as far as I got. <laughs> oh, with Viva Las Vegas? By Dick Cheese. Yeah, it was great. Um, <laughs> By Dick Cheese. That's the guy's name, Richard Cheese, Dick Cheese. He's great. Um, and I, I, I loved the... I will say that I did genuinely love the remix of Kenny Rogers, The Gambler. But no, I did not watch that. It didn't grab me. It didn't reach through the screen and grab me. I finished finished it. I I found it 
probably the most entertaining thing by Zack Snyder that I've ever seen, but that's... Oh, know, that, was that's a Zack, not, that was a Zack Snyder joint. Oh, yeah. Zack Snyder films dominated the Twitter Oscar. You also obviously had Spider-Man Far From Home on there, but then the one that shocked the shit out of me was... I can't even think of the name of it. It was a Johnny Depp film. I was like, why the fuck is that on there? And somebody was like, oh, because you know there are so many Johnny Depp apologists. I don't want to get into that, but there's so many Johnny Depp apologists on Twitter that they all got together to nominate this movie that came out in like January of 2021 that I had, I, I was seeing it for the first time when they were showing it. What was that? Mordecai? That one? No, thank Christ. Wait, what no, is, but what, he, why are people apologizing about Johnny Depp? The, the whole him and Amber Heard bullshit. See, that's kind of where I'm at with the Oscars. Like how many celebrities and how many celebrity transgressions and shit am I supposed to care about? I've, I've become of age where I've, I've kind of actively tried to adopt the mantra of choosing my stress. You know, like when I'm able to look at sources of genuine stress in my life, I have to choose which ones I'm going to let fester and actively deal with. And I get I get that. The transgressions of Johnny Depp and Will Smith, really anyone who lives on my TV, I just can't I can't care anymore. <laughs> well, I'm with you, but uh you're not going to like that we have to talk about what happened with Will Smith? And do we though? I mean, do we but, really? Like, all right. Do, like, so I got, I got, I got, I, I, I tried to figure out a way in which to do it, at least to give sort of a preamble to it, and then if you, if we want to skip it completely, I'm fine. No, I get it. I mean, this is your jam. This is this. Is, I mean, I knew, I knew, I know the show, so I knew obviously that the biggest pop culture moment of the year so far was not going to be left out. Isn't that, um, isn't that gross too? It's just like. It's just, fru- it's not even frustrating. It's just like, I'm, I don't care. Like, I'm just so numb to everything, like the wave of just shit that happened afterwards and the fact that, like, people were talking about it as if it fucking mattered. <laughs> and it, uh-huh. did, it, it didn't. Daniel Radcliffe is out on the circuit right now. He's doing a press tour for The Lost City. When he was asked on Good Morning Britain about what happened between The Rock and Will Smith, The Rock? Fuck. <laughs> that would have been a way different outcome. So when he was asked about the the, the slap, he just he said very simply and very elegant, elegantly, he's like, I'm already dramatically bored. And this was like the next day. He's like, I'm already dramatically bored of hearing people's opinions about it. And I just don't want to be another opinion adding to it. And sure as you're born, I agree. And you do. And the listener might. But as much as I wish there was a way to talk about the 94th Oscars without bringing it up, I don't fucking think there is. And that's a genuine disservice to what you guys are. I know that you guys are trying to kind of deconstruct and rectify the Oscars. But the fact that that happened completely overshadows and devalues any credibility that the fact that that happened and is the focal point overshadows and devalues any credibility that the Academy thinks it possibly could have had at tell me who was playing in the Super Bowl the night Janet Jackson showed her titty. Exactly. I don't know. <laughs> I, nobody knows. So the Patriots, I mean, the Patriots, probably the Patriots. Pro- probably the Patriots. <laughs> uh, so, you know, next year or maybe six months from now, people will be like, oh, who won? Be- well, I don't know. You guys might be like, who won best picture? Somebody will say, oh, I, I don't know. But Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. And it's <laughs> like, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? I, I mean, I think we can assume that everybody on the planet knows what happened. So what I want to talk about is the piss poor damage control 
control that was Smith's best actor speech. So I guess I relate to the moment. And I think everybody could because we've all done something dumb that we've regretted. But like I said, we all fuck up sometimes. We all act on impulse or emotion. and, And it's rarely, if ever, a good choice as opposed to obviously pausing and thinking before you act. But not only did Smith do it, but he doubled down with that acceptance speech. And he could have saved a little bit of face if he had said something along the lines, like I recited this in the car the other day to my wife, like the day after the Oscars, I'm like, if he had just done this, it it would have been a different story than it wouldn't have been about the slap. It would have been about what he said, something like this. I appreciate the gesture, but after my behavior tonight, I don't believe I'm deserving of this award. I've embarrassed Chris Rock, the Williams family, my family, the Academy and myself by allowing my emotions to dictate my behavior. My act was impulsive, violent, and deeply upsetting to everyone who witnessed it. And I am sorry to all of you, most of all to Chris Rock, who I know in my heart had no malicious intent toward my lovely wife. So again, thank you, Academy, for this honor. But as I am not feeling very honorable this evening, I must respectfully decline it. Smell you later. And you wrote that all in your feelings journal? I did. When I got up the next morning to check Instagram or, you know, to see what like my friends were up to, I was, of course, inundated with memes and postings and stuff like that. And so I saw the video of the slap. I thought, oh, that's kind of weird. This is very like pro wrestling-y, but whatever. And then later I found out, like later that day, I found out he won best actor. And that really confused me. Not in like a, gosh, I'm how deplorable I'm, I'm just, it's despicable sense, but just like a, like why? Like this is the award show that announced the wrong winner for best picture like five years ago or something, right? They called an audible then more or less. And it's not like the Academy Awards are strangers to just despicable human beings. If I recall, wasn't there a year when it was Marlon Brando, I think, was best actor, but he refused to show up and the Native American girl accepted the award and gave a speech, you know, sort of illuminating their her their struggles and like didn't Clint Eastwood like f- flip the fuck out about that and like have to be restrained or something? So, okay, so uh, my point, oh, and uh, there's this guy I don't know you guys know of, uh, I don't know if you've heard of Harvey Weinstein. I hear he's a pretty uh, lowly character. I mean, and yet here we are like celebrating these people. And of course, hindsight 2020, but I think you have to really, there has to be a limit on that. When can you stop using the, oh, I regret what I did excuse and start using, you know what? I've seen enough of this bullshit before to know not to do it in the first place. I I like, I like that answer to quote a a, a movie. If we're going to, you know, be a true movie show, the 1994 film quiz show directed by Robert Redford, when Van Dorn, Charles Van Dorn, and goes before the Senate committee and admits that he got all the answers, that the answers were given to him. And he gives this big, lengthy, wonderful speech, which was almost as well written as, you know, the hypothetical one that I wrote for Will Smith and shared just a second ago. That was um, really good, by the way. I thought like that. I mean, that was re- like if you were if you were sitting next to him and like had a cocktail napkin and were able to like scribble, <laughs> scribble that down and be like, hey, go say this like that would have been really good. He'd be like, you're my publicist now. Smell you later. He'd be like, yeah. Parents just don't understand. (laughs) 
What was the quote? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Charles Van Doren gives this wonderful speech and then nobody says anything, but everybody claps. And then once the applause is done, one of the senators speaks and he's like, hey, you know, I'm from Long Island too. I don't think that what you've done is applause worthy. I I don't think that an adult male finally owning up to what he did deserves any praise whatsoever. Well, it's kind of like, I mean, it's kind of um, serendipitous that, uh, as you just said that, I thought of the Chris Rock bit where, you know, he talks about being a responsible parent and wanting to be commended for that and, you know, punctuates it with the, you want a cookie, that joke. That's pretty popular Chris Rock bit, I'm sure. Well, at least maybe one of your listeners, one of the two of them has heard it. (laughs) But on the same token, it would have meant more. It's the same thing, though. You would have had people the next day saying, oh, he was full shit. He didn't mean any of it. He just has a good publicist. Like, it's such a yeah, such a clusterfuck of meaningless words and and money and changing well, I, hands. And I was going to say and just platitudes. It's the same the same way that an email sign off saying like warmest regards or some bullshit like that feels. I'd like to hear your thoughts, bro. I mean, honestly, like I respect your opinion well, very much. <laughs> Let's go all the way back and just introduce MC as my co-host, my host of Second Chance Cinema. And for season three, one of the episodes that we did is for the movie The Gift. And The Gift, starring Jason Bateman and Joel Edgerton, it is all about bullying. It's all about a high school bully getting his comeuppance later on in life. When it comes to what happened at the Oscars between Will Smith and Chris Rock, it's not necessarily the slap that shocks me. The two scenes that I constantly replay in my head is how Will Smith, after the slap, turns around and walks back to his seat. He has just slapped a man on one of the biggest stages of the world. And he walks back to his seat like there's going to be nothing going to happen to him. I've never, I don't think I've ever slapped or punched somebody violently. Like I've never done it with malicious intent. Just trees, right? Yeah, just trees. And even then I didn't walk away like calm (laughs) as a cucumber, right? (laughs) Keep my name out your fucking leaves. But the other thing, and so I just started uh, listening to Fly on the Wall, which is the Dana Carvey, David Spade podcast, all about Saturday Night Live. It's shocking to me how many times Chris Rock's name is brought up. Chris Rock was their first guest like three months ago, and he talked a lot about how much he was bullied as a kid. You know, his bullying, everybody hates Chris. It kind of led to his comedy career, but he was he's in and out of therapy. He is still dealing with his uh, lack of self-worth or his perception of it. And so the other video that I I keep going back to is when he gives out the award to quest love he takes a private moment behind everybody and is talking to himself or singing to himself or whatever he's trying to do to like recenter himself but he's looking out at everybody that just saw what just happened and you can see that he's kind of like lost for all of the conversation that we had when it came to the gift and whatnot, is we just saw one of the biggest instances of bullying on the stage and nobody did anything about it. The situation breaks my heart, not only because the Academy Awards is my favorite night of the year. And even as I sat around watching it with my family, doing my Oscar pool, the moment that that happened, the air was sucked out of the room. And I was like, I'm not enjoying my night anymore. Like, this is, what is this? And then they let Will Smith give the longest best actor speech in history. And I'm like, fuck, like somebody stand up, somebody boo. Somebody say, sit the fuck down or go the fuck home. You know, like nobody did anything. I I feel bad saying it, but Jessica Chastain was about to deliver a speech about bullying of the LGBTQ community. And it's like, you just saw a bully. 
right there. And you did fuck all. Tyler Perry and Denzel Washington took Will Smith aside and was like, are you good? Are you good? That's the fucking bully, bro. I thought the same thing when Jane Campion took the stage and won Best Director, because that was really soon after the event. Kevin Costner rambled on for... (laughs) What the fuck was he talking about? And then she came up and she kind of fucking clowned on him. She was like, that was really dramatic, Kevin. (laughs) The uh, the buzzword or the buzz phrase, I suppose, around power of the dog was toxic masculinity. And it's like, how the fuck do you accept this award after that just happened and not address it? I think the person that sums it up the best, and I'm sad that I guess I heard that he retired, was Jim Carrey. And I forget what show he was on, but he was like, ah, we just saw Hollywood be spineless en masse. More surprising was afterwards, Francis Ford Coppola, Al Pacino, and Robert De Niro come out. Robert De Niro is famous for going on that stage and shouting, fuck Trump. And it's like, somebody man the fuck up and look at Will Smith and be like, bro. Like, I don't know. That's, it just, it saddened me to, like, if it can't happen there, are we really going to, like, fix a problem anywhere? And let's be honest, Will Smith is not going to get canceled. Will Smith is going to come back in a year or whatever with, like, a, a dramatic movie that is going to play on this incident. It's going to be some sort of a movie about, like, a man's reconciliation or a journey to self-discovery or some bullshit like that. I mean, Will Smith is obviously one of the most bankable actors of all time. International, global superstar. He's not going anywhere. And the next time you see him somewhere, it's going to be very calculated. It's going to be very artificial. And it's going to be very carefully orchestrated by this just world of puppet masters that that just just mainline this shit into our eyes and ears. Bright 2 is probably the next movie you're going to see Will Smith in. The Orc movie? Yeah. <laughs> oh. I think the only takeaway I have from the whole experience is all it takes is one person and I would have felt better. All it took would be like one person that's just shouting Will Smith down. And in a crowd, you know, like there was a lot of instances in high school where we all saw what was going on and we put our heads down and walked past, you know, not my problem. Somebody else will deal with this, you know, like, let me just make my day better type of philosophy. But and but we were also 17 fucking years old. Let's right. not forget that we weren't. Well, that's what I'm saying. There are way more powerful people than Will Smith in that audience. But nobody, nobody had the balls to be like, fuck this guy. I mean, for me, it's like, I, I don't know. I'm, I kind of lean the other way. I'm not, I'm not one to seek out confrontation, but I remember an experience where I was actually at the movies with my wife and we were behind some guy in the concession line and he got whatever he was getting, some chuckles or some shit. Cashier gave him his change back and it was actual change. It was coins. And he was like offended that he got coins. He was like, what am I going to do with coins? Like that, those were the exact words. And then there was more that I didn't catch, but he kind of like laid into this kid for giving him coins. I kind of ponied up to the counter next to him and I was like, are you serious right now? Are you really doing this? And I think he was just embarrassed by the fact that now there were eyes on him that he wasn't controlling because that's really what it's about. It's about it's a power play when people do stuff like that. It's just an insecurity power play. When the focus is shifted in a way that they can't control, that's when they kind of crawl back into their shells. Apparently, they were getting ready to remove Will Smith from the Oscars. This is this was released today. Kick him out of the show? Oh, they were going to remove him. Yes. Okay. Will Packer was like, "No, you're not." Of course not, because he wants a job. He wants to have a job in the morning. I mean, if and then he and then he tweeted. I gotta look up his exact tweet. It's something like, "I told you the Oscars were going to be amazing." 
Wow. But if that would have happened, if Will Smith would have got kicked out of the Oscars, I would not have been surprised if if Will Smith had that dude fired or blacklisted or something like that. I mean, that's a real thing. I just feel bad for Chris Rock. They added a second night of his comedy show here in Cleveland, and I don't think I've ever seen him in person, so I bought a ticket to support. It was a, a mediocre, possibly distasteful joke that we're told was the impetus of all this because it, it hurt Jada Pinkett Smith's feelings. I feel like, and I, I want to believe that if that was me and I was sitting next to my wife and her feelings were hurt, I would turn my all my attention to her and exactly see what I could do to mitigate the situation and bring her, you know, the emotional comfort that she needed at that moment. Maybe that means getting up and leaving. I mean, maybe, you know, like, like Eminem did when Bruno landed with his balls in his face at the VMAs, like same thing. <laughs> It was it was kind of quizzical that 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 wasn't even not his first, second, third, fourth reaction. Like it wasn't even like, hey, sweetie, are you okay? That was kind of mean. I'm. I what can I do? I don't know. That seems like something you would do for your wife, I guess. Let me just reiterate what I said. We've all done dumb things. We don't know what it's like to be Will Smith. We don't know what it's like to be at that level of fame. And uh, I think it's only wise for all three of us to be like, I don't know what I would do in that situation. So way back in episode one, Spro told us all about the governors of the Academy. And these are the folks that sort of run the Academy of Motion Pictures, yeah, Arts and Sciences. That's another thing I wanted to ask you guys. Like, uh-huh. that's, how, that's how oblivious I am to this shit. Like, is there an actual, like, physical Academy? <laughs> Like, do they, is there headquarters? Are there offices? Are there like, is it like, what? Tell me it. Tell me. They are in charge. And again, Spro, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're mostly just in charge of spending the money. Yeah. It's like a board. So these guys got together the week after the Oscars and they began disciplinary proceedings against the Fresh Prince. They're (laughs) planning, they're planning on convening again on April 18th. And according to deadline, the likeliest of outcomes are that Will Smith will be suspended. Suspended from what? Expelled. Expelled from what? Thank you. Thank you. Bel Air Academy? Like what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, just, just go with me. He, he, he has the ability to vote. And this is based on what I've learned from my good friend Spro. He has the ability to vote on any acting category. Yeah, so acting hang on. and then also best picture. Was he a producer? No, everybody is able to vote on best picture. So you're telling me that all the actors and directors and producers and industry people in the audience of the Academy Awards are the people voting on the Academy Awards? I would not say all. No, I would yeah. say the majority of them are nominees and guests. It the- used to be that you had to win an Oscar to become a part of the Academy, a part of the voting members. But ever since the hashtag Oscar so white and everything, they started injecting more color into their ranks. And so therefore, it's not just having to win an Oscar. There are other ways to become a member of the Academy. The surefire way is to win an award and not assault somebody on the stage. That sounds like some superlative yearbook shit. Like you go to the school and you're voting for who's the best looking. Have you ever sat on a board before? uh, I used to break them all the time in karate. And like, actually, no, that's a good question. Right now I'm, and I don't want to divulge too much, but I'm a member of an advisory board for one of the schools I received a licensure certificate from. But it's really just like, hey, let's Zoom for an hour and pretend like we're talking about what will make curriculum better. I was on a board for a local little baseball community, like rec league. And uh, the seriousness 
Like the dude had a gavel and I'm like, this is fucking, this See, is that's little. Just, league, that's bro. just bonkers to me. Like, and I believe you. But you can imagine like the pompousness that probably is the board, the acad- like the board of the Academy. <laughs> uh, like, I don't know. It just, yeah, it's uh, now that you're explaining it to me, it seems I'm even more confused. I just, I don't know. Uh, I guess I imagined it more like a, um, like the timekeepers from Loki, I guess, where they're all revealed uh, to be robots. Anyway, suspended, expelled. They're, they're not going to take his Oscar away unfortunately which you know I, I guess if they did they would give it to the person with the next amount of votes and i gotta assume that that's andrew garfield is there a precedent for that like have they ever taken an oscar away from somebody Ooh, Ex- that's a except for question. the one that uh they announced the wrong winner no because roman polanski anally raped a 13 year old girl and he's yeah still i was gonna say spro and i have taken many oscars away <laughs> i know you guys have but i mean <laughs> Un- I- unofficially I would imagine that Harvey Weinstein still has his like 70 plus, right? Yeah. I, you know, everything gold stays in Hollywood. Yeah. I love West Side Story. Did you see it? It's so good. Oh, I've been getting out of that Spider-Man costume. Did I miss anything? There's like, there's like a different vibe in here. Uh, probably not. Well, anyway, okay. So it takes 2,700 people to put on the Oscars and every job is equally important, okay? The gaffers, the camera people, the seat fillers, everybody, all right? In our Oscar preview episode, I took a a, a website from mid-February and their Oscar picks, and they were right 17 out of 24 times. So if they're wondering, you know, what is one area that they can improve on, probably the predictability of it all should be better examined. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that the Oscars are at the end of a very long award season. Uh, you know, the the SAGs, the PAGs, the fucking Critics' Choice, the BAFTAs. Um, MTV Movie Awards. Ugh, there are so many award shows and the Oscars are at the end that you can kind of read the tea leaves. But last time we spoke, Spro, you and I kind of implored the movie gods to bring us a few surprises. And I don't know, depending on your viewpoint, maybe they did. The biggest shock of the night was Coda winning Best Picture over Power of the Dog. Did you see Coda, MC? Is that, that's a movie? I No, I didn't. I don't. Yes. Coda? It's, uh, like, yes. Like all caps, it's an acronym for Child of Deaf Adult. Have you heard of this movie? No, I've never heard of that term before. Coda. It's a Apple TV exclusive. I don't, I think they, I think the movie was made and then they bought it. Maybe I'm wrong. But it did beat Power of the Dog, which was the big favorite to win. And I, I got to say, that made me very happy. Sean Heater seemed genuinely humbled and surprised both times that she was up there. And it was heartwarming to see a saccharine sweet movie win over Power of the Dog, which is really unredeemable. It's a great film, but... Is that like uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven? Is that kind of like the thing? <laughs> Yes. What's Power of the Dog about? Power of the... I don't even know how to describe should it. I it's just, about, should I just look it up myself when I feel like it? Yeah. It's on Netflix. It's All a great right. cast. It's very... I'll get... Hold on. I'll get to it. A lot of industry dorks are attributing Coda's win to their Oscar campaign, which stretched along this very long Oscar season. And, you know, they may very well be right. The cast went to the fucking White House... For Christ's sake, I don't ever remember that happen. How does that help their chances? I, I I don't know, MC, but it was 
pageantry at, at a level that I, I don't ever remember in the past. But I think what pushed it over the edge was the Academy's collective desire to award something more lighthearted this year. Watching Power the Dog was a really hollow experience, and I've watched it twice now. But if we're being fair, Coda is a really pedestrian best picture. It's not as clunky or cliched as Green Book, but it's not made to be aesthetically or technically dazzling. Power the Dog, on the other hand, is is art. I may not love Power the Dog, but it's undeniably full of poetic imagery, tonal music, really strong performances. And as cinematic achievements go, Coda isn't even close to Power the Dog. It's not even in the top eight of the 10 Best Picture nominees, but apparently it is the Best Picture of 2021. My favorite thing about having you two as my friends is that I think you guys are on different sides of the spectrum when it comes to movie watching. And I wonder just how MC thinks about a film being undeniably full of poetic, like just film and cinema, because I know MC really likes movies. I'll be honest, I have no idea what you were just talking about. I thought we were going to (laughs) be, I was under the the pretense um, that we were going to be talking about Con Air for this whole hour. I mentioned that earlier and not, you know, apparently I was mistaken. It, what can I ask you a question? MC? Sure. Yeah, go ahead. What was your favorite movie that ever won an Academy Award? See, I don't know. I don't know that I know enough movies that won the Academy Awards to know that. Like, I love Joker. Um, I know he won Best Actor. I thought that was awesome. And I'm pretty sure we and through texting that I think, Lee, you mentioned you weren't a fan. Who are some other Best Picture winners that I might like? Training Day. I know you like Training Day. But that was Best Actor, right? Correct. So yeah, so Best Actor, Training Day. I know Michael Douglas for Wall Street. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. So I wouldn't say that there, I mean, there is there is a very, very slim middle portion of the Venn diagram that is our respective tastes in movies, film, cinema. And again, there's, dude, there's plenty of room at the table. I I still, I respect that and, and applaud the passion for being able to appreciate cinema and film to sort of like define what you were just talking about by those terms, as opposed, I suppose, to movies. I think they're, I mean, I think they're both great. One of them just happens to be more my thing than the other. The Joker. You know what I don't like? And it's ever since The Dark Knight. I don't like the obsessive fandom over The Joker. I think Heath Ledger was great. I think the character was was great. I mean, it's obviously the best Joker of all time. And the only reason that Dark Knight is lauded is because of that. Because I think you could really pull that movie apart. Todd Phillips' Joker is is undeniable, and I wanted to not like it. I really did because the the fandom of of the the, the obsession over the character of the Joker irritates me. <laughs> My favorite surprise of the evening was Jessica Chastain winning Best Actress. And the Oscar goes to Jessica Chastain. Guys. <laughs> In our last episode, we talked about the Best Actress Oscar for a while because we were we were genuinely like, I, I have no idea who was going to win. At first, it was Kristen Stewart for portraying Princess Diana and Spencer. And then Nicole Kidman took the lead for portraying Lucy Arnaz in Being the Ricardos. Jessica Chastain, kind of like Coda, caught this wave of momentum. And I am so happy that she won. Because I said in that episode, I was afraid that she might never win one. And you, Spro, you were like, no. Immediately, you didn't miss a beat. You were like, no, no, I disagree. And lo and behold, she did. 
Right now, we are coming out of some difficult times that have been filled with a lot of trauma and isolation. And so many people out there feel hopelessness and they feel alone. And suicide is a leading cause of death in the United States. It's touched many families, it's touched mine. And especially members of the LGBTQ community who oftentimes feel out of place with their peers. There is, we're faced with um, discriminatory and bigoted legislation that is sweeping our country um, with the only goal of further dividing us. There's violence and hate crimes being perpetuated on innocent civilians all over the world. And in times like this, I think of Tammy and I'm inspired by her radical acts of love. We've talked about love a lot tonight. And I'm inspired by her compassion. I see it as a guiding principle that leads us forward. And it connects us all in the desire that we want to be accepted for who we are, accepted for who we love, and to live a life without the fear of violence or terror. And for any of you out there who do, in fact, feel hopeless or alone, I just want you to know that you are unconditionally loved for the uniqueness that is you. And while that movie wasn't necessarily great, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, her performance is fucking amazing. Kind of like the way Denzel is the best thing about the hurricane. Not only is the best thing about a bad movie, but he is just light years ahead of that movie. Again, I have to kind of plead ignorance on a ton of that, (laughs) but I hear what you're saying. I mean, sometimes like I, I wouldn't argue that the dark Knight is what it is because of Heath Ledger. I don't think anybody could really argue that. And that's one of the cool things. I mean, like, like I said, there's, there's kind of a Venn diagram. I feel like between the two of us and in the middle, are these very, very rare and precious things that we agree on. And I think that's cool. What wasn't surprising about the Oscars this year? And the Oscar goes to Dune. (laughs) Dune won pretty much all the technical awards that it was slated to win. What did you think of Dune, MC? Because Spro really liked it. I didn't see Dune. Yeah. Come on. I was like, the the previews I saw for it, at first I thought it was another Star Wars thing, like the Boba Fett show. But I don't know. It was just one of those things where it, 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 it had a very distinct aesthetic. And it was very obviously like, I'm guessing like a sand. I never read the book either. It's like a sand planet or something, you know, just like this very dry, very tan, very arid looking movie like Arizona kind of yeah and and that right off the bat that just that kind of landscape like from a purely like visceral sense just doesn't appeal to me so the trailer kind of lost me there and then by the end of it I just kind of got like if I had to sum the trailer experience up in a couple words I was like oh this is a movie about a space desert and so I just wasn't like I didn't I didn't I didn't flock to see it but again I heard that it's like an epic experience and it was something that apparently was like not it was supposed to be like one of those unfilmable movies or like unmakeable movies or whatever right and the last one i remember hearing that about was watchmen which you know mixed feelings on both the comic and the movie but i respect and applaud the achievement even if it's not for me that's kind of how i feel about it because when i saw it in the theater i was falling asleep i was how long was it was it one of those like four hour movies it was about three okay it was about three 
My wife really liked it. She's been reading the book and she's into the world. It just didn't grab me. I mean, I, I'll definitely see the the second half. I'm not champing at the bit about it, but it won best cinematography. It won best editing. Um, it won best original score for Hans Zimmer, production design, visual effects. I mean, it, it, it's basically a facsimile of when Star Wars won all those exact same awards and then didn't win best picture. The one thing that I, we haven't even wrote down but i want to point out it was pretty bullshit of the academy awards to not air the best editing like i understand they want to make the show moving it didn't help it was still three and a half hours long but to remove they removed eight awards from the live broadcast and one of them was best editing and anybody that knows anything in movies knows the movie is written twice it's written by the screenwriter it's directed by the director it's visualized by the director and then it's written again in the editing room and to be like oh this is one that we don't have to air i'm pretty sure you know in like 20 more years they're going to be like yeah we're not going to air the uh, the original and adapted screenplay either 15 years ago is why I developed the members of this Academy Award pool little shindig that I do is because all my family and friends would talk during the screenwriting (laughs) awards, which was my favorite one. And I was like, how do I make them more interested in this? And I was like, oh, maybe if they gamble, you know, like I understand some of these awards, you know, everybody's showing up for like the top six of best actor and actress and what everyone's wearing and stuff like that. But like, good God, this is supposed to be a movie award show. And we are just not, we're not honoring the people as we should. Those are the heavy lifters, right? Like the people who do those jobs, like they're the stake and the, the, the best actor and the best support cast or whatever that's like the sizzle it is what it is but it's also kind of like a, a fuck you to those people who like yeah. are the foundation of making actual movies 100 percent, 100 percent. the second not surprising is that three of the four acting awards were pretty much decided two of them months and months before the oscars aired and then one of them within the last couple of months jessica chastain was the only one that pretty much everybody was like i don't really know which way this is gonna go did you predict that once bro yeah i got all the four acting awards right on my little pool the one that kind of surprised me more so was troy katsour for coda and over cody smith mcphee Troy Kotzer had ro- had won though the last two award shows. He won the BAFTA. He won the Critics Choice Award. I mean, he, the momentum was in his favor. It was clearly going to be him. Yeah, I guess so. And then finally, I know you said you like Amy Schumer. Did you also like Wanda Sykes and Regina Hall, or just I, Amy Schumer? Um, I always like Wanda Sykes. I'm like one degree separated from her. One of like one of the guys that owns one of my screenplays is also doing a Wanda Sykes project. So not gonna bash Wanda Sykes. I really oh, like okay. her. All right, all right. Regina well, then, Hall, though, like I don't. When she lined up all those guys and treated them like, yeah, she had a lot sexual of like objects. <laughs> right. Sorry, I, I I gotta do a COVID pat down. Jesus, thing is so it's rough. You know what I mean? I just gotta. Get on down here. Make sure you're okay. Uh, all right. Yeah, let me get on in there. Yeah. He's feeling good, everybody. Yeah. You get on over here. Oh, boy. Wow. This is a lot. This is a lot. Got to get on over here. Excuse me. You know, I don't right. think that's a thing. You're safe. No, no, it's real, Josh. It's real. It's Academy Protocol. Okay, guys. Thank you, Miss Hall. I like rules. I like expectations. And I, what about you know, men? 
I just like same rules for everybody. Like it's not like the woman's time to objectify men. Like, can't we just stop objectifying anybody? That'd be great. I wasn't surprised that the hosts were bad and all of the jokes and bits were terrible from Chris Rock all the way down to the Wanda Sykes where she went through the Academy Museum. It wasn't, I don't know, man. It wasn't wasn't getting me to go back to something that you said. It's like, why are you going to keep me from watching best editing or best makeup? Why are you going to keep me from that? And then show me this nonsense or let Kevin Costner talk for, was that 20 minutes? It felt like 20 minutes. (laughs) Here's the, you ever see the first episode of Saturday Night Live with uh, George Carlin? I might have on YouTube, maybe, maybe just his monologue. Yeah. MC, have you? Does not ring a bell. So what uh, Saturday Night Live used to be is they would have comedians on the show, which would give their stand up. Like it wasn't just a monologue. It was like their stand up act. And then they would be in skits with them. And I feel like the Academy needs to. I really appreciated the hosts this year. I think the award show needs hosts or MCs. But I feel like you should take host and presenter and kind of mash them and just have comedians come on for jokes. Here's the award, you know, just constantly with comedians to keep the the show going and lively. Like Amy Schumer can come up for jokes. Here's the award. Jerry Seinfeld, Kevin Hart, you know, like just have these like funny people that can like lift up a room, come on one at a time. So we're always guessing like who's coming up next instead of like these stodgy, like the, the lead actress from West Side Story, Rachel Zegler or whatever her name is, who like whined that she didn't get invited to the show and then made some wisecrack like, oh, I didn't know I was going to be here four days ago. Yeah, you fucking like trolled 1.7 million of your fans to get you on the Academy Award stage <laughs> and then then she wasn't interesting you know that's the other thing too the the presenters i think could be more creatively done uh, just people that know how to work a crowd which is comedians in general uh, so that's or or politicians. or uh, no <laughs> i mean who were the two best presenters and i think their shit was all pre-taped it was josh brolin and aquaman jason jason momoa, jason momoa yeah they had chemistry. They were having fun. Everybody else seemed like they had a stick up their ass. Like none of the presenters were funny. And then, yeah. And then you had the whole Pulp Fiction reunion, which was so stupid. Like just have, why don't you have Tarantino come out there with Roger Avery or just, you know, have Sam Jackson and John Travolta walk out and put them in their garb or don't, I don't give a shit, but the whole, oh my God. In the, well, because in the end they want people like MC to watch the show and MC is probably not going to know who Avery is. You know, like he's going to know who John Travolta is and Uma Thurman. I mean, honestly, I think the whole award show could have been an email. (laughs) (laughs) We discussed something similar. I think it I think it was the first episode where we, where you discussed the governors and I was like what if they just instead of having a broadcast what if they just did this whole thing behind closed doors and then just released it all after the fact That would be like the ultimate swerve because it's not I don't know that it's about achievement it's about ego and and uh what's the word not validation validation yeah it, like it's about validation from this very insular group 
of peers who are not representative of the real world. Human beings. Humans. Yeah, exactly. Human yeah. beings. My final point is that, and I said this earlier, I think, I think I buried the lead, but, or whatever the opposite of burying the lead is. I was pretty bored by the show and I even got close to falling asleep until the slap. And I think it's because of the slap that the ratings jumped to 16.6 mil, which is up from like over 50%. I think it's like 53 or 58%. I can't remember, you know, and whatever. Last year's ratings were pretty abysmal. So no real way to go from there, but up. So MC, as someone who doesn't give a shit about this show at all, who cares even less than the blind fish living in the icy, <laughs> cold, icy cold water of the caves. I don't know how much of that's real, to be honest. Because if no, that's if, real. I saw it. I saw. I saw it. If the it's on the, t- it's on the TV, I saw it. Well, I mean, but if if those fish actually do exist, how do we know it? If it, they live in undiscovered parts of the Amazon, you know, <laughs> I think it's more of like a theoretical. Like, okay, here's how evolution would have happened and these fish would be in existence but go okay, on okay but there there are fish out there that live in caves yes that have no eyes that have so. no eyes that have never watched tv and yes and they they are tweeting more about this than, than i am <laughs> So what do they do to this show to make it palatable for you? I think that's a I think that's a huge mistake. I don't think they I don't think it's undoable, no, but I think it's it's a huge mistake. I used to work in advertising for a little while and one of the clients I worked with was a very very famous global brand that was marketed very specifically to a group of consumers that was broad enough but also pretty pretty pointed and pretty defined and their strategy was just to keep plugging away at that group of consumers and they did so through their commercials through their print ads through their product and it worked i mean it it was a it was the first time i'd seen like a brand that just said these are our customers we appreciate them we're not opposed to having new people come join the party but we want to focus on the people who are our base and i think that if the academy awards tries to appeal to a mainstream audience which let's be honest i mean i think 16 million viewers i mean I mean, that's pretty fucking mainstream, right? I mean, that's that's a lot of people watching. So I think that the viewership isn't necessarily even even if it may be lackluster in comparison to previous years. I don't think that that the viewership or or the audience is something that necessarily needs to be forced into this whole thing. It seems to me that it, like it makes me happy hearing you guys talk about the shit that I know nothing about because I think that this is your thing, and I think that there are plenty of other people out there whose thing it is, and I think that that should be celebrated. I don't know short of I can't even think of like a celebrity who would be involved and I would be like oh fuck I have to watch this if Optimus Prime hosted the Academy Awards I would watch it or the Ninja Turtles or if Jackie Chan was up for best actor I might I would tune in so what you're saying is you're you're not interested in being marketed to I don't need to be courted I appreciate the thought but um it's not you it's me Uh, that's what it is right on it reminds me of like when I was a man director for a theater company one of the pieces of advice that we got was because we're like well how do we get more people into the seats you know like we want to sell out and the guy said well if you want to sell out just remove some of the seats 
And it's kind of like, if you want to be the hottest show in town, Uh, be exclusive. There's no better marketing or way to get people interested than word of mouth. Look what happened with this year. I mean, it was a ridiculously silly event, but it was the probably biggest trending topic of the year so far. It'll be a lightning rod for Academy Award discussions for probably the rest of time. For the completely wrong wrong reasons. For the absolute wrong reasons. My point being that word of mouth is a very, very powerful tool. And I think if I was urged by people like yourselves who really said, hey, you know, I think this year this movie is up. I think you'd really like it because X, Y, and Z. I would trust you guys. That would sell me more than anything probably that the Academy could do. I don't watch any award shows. Do you, Spro or MC, are there any award shows that like even like the Grammys or the Emmys, are there any award shows that you're like, I I have to see it? I have not missed a country music award since I was 16 (laughs) years old. (laughs) No, Uh, no. I mean, not since like the VMAs in college just to watch for the Backstreet Boys. No. Spro, do you? Like other than the Academy? Yeah. I loved the VMAs. I loved the movie awards that like, and I watched the Golden Globes, especially if Ricky Gervais was hosting. He tickled my funny bone. So I have. I don't watch TV a whole lot anymore. I've kind of unplugged and thoroughly streaming services. I think the older and the more cynical that you get, which I think is, I'm not saying it is a bad thing. I am sitting in a pool of cynicism right now. Sure. And it's, it's really hard to thwart off that cynicism, but there's some truth behind it. And Spro and I talked to actress Morgana O'Reilly, and this is a person who is an act- actor. She's in the industry. And she's like, there's just something weird about creating a subject, and I'm paraphrasing, a subjective hierarchy and going, this was the best. This was the, (laughs) this was the best. And the rest of them were not the best. (laughs) I mean, it is. That's a, that's really weird. That's a really good term, subjective hierarchy, because it's not like sports where I scored more points than you, therefore I win. It's like whose opinion, opinion being the key word, is echoed the most times. And I hate it about myself, but when the thing that I think should win (laughs) doesn't win, it makes me angry. Like it makes me angry, not all consuming, not even mildly consuming, but it does makes me fold my arms and and snort. See, that That to me is what's endearing about this conversation is that you do have that reaction because that's a reaction born of passion and genuine interest. And I think, like I said, I think that's a cool thing. Spro and I too, rather unpredictably, agreed upon what we both thought was the best film of 2021 which can be seen on Netflix right now, The Lost Daughter, written and directed by Maggie Gyllenhaal, starring Olivia Coleman, Ed Harris, Dakota Johnson, based on a novel by Elena Ferrante. And that movie was the most interesting experience that I had watching any 2021 movie. And it, it was nominated for Best Actress, Best Supporting Actress, and Best Adapted Screenplay. And it won nothing. And in my opinion, it was the best. I just watched Rumble in the Bronx the other day. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I mean, it kind of sounds like the Oscars are unfixable. It's not really unfixable. They just... I think my message has always been to the Oscars. You are, for the foreseeable future, will always be the pinnacle of movie awards. Stop trying to get everybody to watch the show. Maybe just... Yeah, act like it. Yeah, exactly. Act as if. Act as if. 
You understand what that means? Act as if you are the fucking president of this firm. Act as if you got a nine inch okay? Act as if. And to do that properly, you need to at least look the part. So go get dressed. And then you're a fucking millionaire. And it's just that simple. To counter that point, when you and I were young, that's the way it was. It wasn't making Super Bowl numbers, but it was kind of close. I think you get, you you know, forego hosts, you just get comedians, you stop talking about your ratings and what you're doing to like boost the ratings and just say, we're the Academy, fuck you. And then put in a best stunt Oscar just so we can start awarding things like that and best practical effects for like the, the people that love, I mean, that would include probably horror movies and best, it would include sci-fi best CGI and, performance. Yeah. And like you get these, like these new awards that people would actually care about and just spice those in there. If you have an interesting show, I mean, fucking movies are three hours long now. Like if you have an interesting show, you could do whatever you want. But like, I think the difference is like, it looks like they're drowning, right? With all this, like, how do we get more audience members? How do we get more audience members? And nobody wants to go and watch a person drown. Just act as if, I like MC's little thing, act as if you can swim because you want to. Act, because as, act as if you got a little <laughs> nine inch golden statue. and flows of angel hair and ice cream castles in the air and feather canyons everywhere i've looked to clouds that way but now they only block the sun they rain and snow I would have done But clouds got in my way I've looked at clouds from both sides now From up and down And still somehow It's cloud illusions I recall I really don't no clouds. That's it. All right. Well, uh, thank you to MC, who is the uh, host of the podfather of this show, Second Chance Cinema. He's also one of four hosts. He's kind of, you're kind of in charge on the Rushmore podcast. Not last what night I wasn't. <laughs> What's the actual name? It's uh, the Mount Rushmore podcast, podrushmore.com podbean.com hell yeah mount rushmore podcast is you spro rudy who's been on this show and jeremy four interlocking personalities it's almost cliched how individualized each voice is on that show it's a brouhaha what a a blast to listen to and what a blast to have you here thank you so fucking much for your thank you for inviting me on i I feel like i walked into a job interview i'm not qualified for because i know know, i know nothing of, of what you're speaking but like I said I enjoy you guys and I enjoy your um, your devotion and your passion and so I really appreciate being on thank you See, I think you are the voice of the people I'm hungry I don't want that responsibility in season 3 MC will join us again He's penciled in for a particular episode, which we will not give away at this time. But until the next time we meet, I'm Lee. I'm Spro. I don't know why I'm here. 
And we hope to see you sitting front row when the envelopes are read. Tears and fears and feeling proud to say I love you. crowds I've looked at a life that way but now old friends they're acting strange they shake their heads they say I've changed well something's lost but something's gained in living ever